says, then Isaac said to Jacob, come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father, Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? He asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I might give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father said, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your sons, may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed. And those who bless you, be blessed. Father, we ask that you would speak to us through your word today. Bless us indeed. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen Amen. and amen. amen. You may be seated. You will remember last week that we mentioned a man named Paul Turnier, a Swiss psychiatrist, theologian, who discovered a condition he called the unblessed child. Some of the characteristics of this unblessed child are that they were not blessed by their parents. There was not a feeling of approval by parents or anyone else. There is not the feeling like they measure up to anyone or anything. And they don't feel like they can please their parents or anyone. They have not been blessed this, un, this condition of the unblessed child. Last week, as we looked at the message of the blessing part one, we talked about the consequences of not having a blessing. And we looked at the anguish that Esau had when he was not blessed by his father Isaac. He cried out. He uh, deeply in his heart, it was broken. He felt violated. And we talked about that for a bit. We talked about the concern about our calling. If the blessing is so important, then, 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 then what are we called to do? Where is this importance found in the Scriptures? And in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, Peter admonishes and encourages, exhorts his readers not to repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but to bless. And then in one translation it says... We have been called to this, to be a blessing. In a modern translation, either the Living Bible or the Message, it says, don't repay evil for evil, but bless, it's our job. It is our job to bless people. It is our job to be a blessing to people. But the question comes, how do you do it? Our condition of believers is that we are blessed. You cannot give what you do not have. Many of us cannot be a blessing to others because 
We ourselves don't feel blessed. We, we, we don't think that we're blessed. We don't recognize the blessing is, that is upon us. Maybe we have not been blessed by our parents. Maybe we have not been blessed by anyone else. But if you are a believer, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings, or all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. We have every spiritual blessing that there can be. Jesus Christ, through His death on the cross and resurrection from the grave, He has blessed us with that. We don't receive the blessing because we we work for it, or we perform for it, or we have earned it. He has bestowed it upon us as a part of our position in Jesus Christ. It is the wealth that we have in Christ. It is this, this, this richness that we have in Jesus Christ based not upon us, but based upon Jesus and what He has done for us. But many of us don't live that way. Many of us walk around like we are empty and we're operating out of a position of want and a position of need rather than a position of abundance. We can give people a blessing because we have already been blessed. If we're uh, 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 overflowing with blessing, it, it, it is no hardship. Or we don't lose anything by blessing other people. And many of us default into, well, I didn't have it, so I don't know how to do it. Well, blessing others can be learned. It can be a skill that is learned. And I believe that God says it is a part of our job description. And if we don't know how to do it, he says, well, watch me, I'll teach you. And today's message is not so much the blessing in terms of the importance of it, but today's message is going to be all about how to bless other folk. How do I bless them? You'll remember last week that I asked you to stand up two by two all the way around the the sanctuary. And I said, answer this question, how would you bless a person? If that person says, I want you to bless me, how would you bless them? I've talked to a few of you, and a few of you said, I would bless them, and it was all in the category of material things. Well, I'm here to tell you that spiritual things and a spiritual blessing over your, your children, a spiritual blessing over your loved ones, your friends, your family members, is more important than giving them something. It is more important. But the question still remains, how do you do it? Before we get into how you do it, let me, let me address some objections or some excuses that people have. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't want to bless people because I don't want to inflate a person's ego. I don't want them to get the big head talking about how good they are and how wonderful they are and how loved they are. Listen, that is, is, is a lie from the pit of hell. You are not going to be able to give someone the big head with all of us being sinful and fall short of the glory of God. There is a difference between giving someone the big head and giving them encouragement. Amen or oh me. Other people say, well, I don't, I don't want to bless anybody because if you praise them too much, people will start taking advantage of you. No, no, pe- people, people don't take advantage of you. You allow people to take advantage of you. There, there are boundaries. And blessing a person has nothing to do with that. And, and all of these if statements have not happened. 
No, our mandate is to bless people. The other excuse is it takes too much work to do this. Listen, that's too hard. I got to be thinking about stuff. You're going to have five different ways to do it. That's, a, that's work. Well, loving folk takes work. It takes work. Well, another excuse is, uh, well, they know I love them anywhere. I don't have to say it. They know. Well, listen, if you don't say it, they don't know. And if you don't do anything, they don't know. We're going to talk about silence in a minute. The other excuse is, well, if I start, then I'm going to have to make it a habit. Listen, you're just telling on yourself, that is a lazy response. That is, I don't want to do it in the first place, so I don't have to keep it up. And there's no real love. Listen, God has given us a wealth of love to give away. And the interesting thing about giving away love, God's love is, here's the spiritual principle. The more you give it away, the more you get it. You can't beat God giving no matter how hard. So there is this, this, this interesting spiritual effect that happens when you start giving something out, God gives more to you. The problem comes in when we start withholding and God says, well, if you withhold what I give you, I'm going to take what you have. And so, uh, it's so important. Well, how do you bless others? Let's jump right into it. Point number one is simply this. You bless other people through appropriate, meaningful touch. Appropriate, meaningful touch. Notice what's said in the Scriptures here. It says, Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son. To know whether or not you're really my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father, Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Look down at verse uh, 26. Then his father, Isaac, said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. Listen. Studies have been shown of babies who are born and orphaned who are not touched. And it, 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 uh, affects their development psychologically, physically, all areas. And so there have been hospitals, especially you can uh, attest to this, Miss Joy, at Children's Hospital, there are people specifically assigned to go into the nursery area, in, in, into the place where those newborns are. And if there is not a parent there, there's not a family member there, they will hold them so that they can be touched. Many of us carry this stereotype, especially men, that, that it is not masculine to hug. It's not masculine to kiss. It's not masculine to touch. It's not masculine to hold. Well, listen, if you did not receive that, you are lacking. There is this, this intense desire that God has created in ourselves for appropriate, meaningful touch. We're not talking about sex. We're not talking about any inappropriate touch. We're talking about holding, we're talking about holding hands, we're talking about kissing on the cheek, we're talking about uh, hugging, we're talking about doing those things that communicate love. Next slide with the verses, because I've got a hustle here, we got five points instead of three today. In chapter 48, 
Joseph brings uh, his his sons to meet their father, uh, his father, Jacob, their grandfather. And it says in verse nine, uh, uh, when when Jacob asked, well, who are these boys? He says, these are, the, these are the sons God has given me, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel says, bring them to me so I may bless them. Verse 10. Now, Israel's eyes were, were, were failing because of old age, so he could barely see or hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him and his father, Israel, kissed them and embraced them. Notice that it says, bring them close to me so I can bless them. And he blesses his grandsons by holding them close, kissing them, holding them, making them feel special. And there, I tell you, there is nothing like a grandparent's embrace. Nothing on this earth. Nothing like it. Nothing. Child, you are special to me. Child, you are blessed. And that touch... Yeah, and you say, well, well, that's just Old Testament, Pastor Mike. What, where's, where's the New Testament principle of, of the importance of touching as you bless a person? You jump down to Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16, and it says, The people were bringing little children to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them, but the disciples did what? What was the purpose? What, what was Jesus' intent? People were bringing... Children to Jesus for Jesus to do what? Bless to bless them and put his hands on them. Amen or oh me. Amen. Verse 14 it says, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant with his disciples and he said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't you hinder them for such is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Verse 15. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. Verse 16, he took the little children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Took these little children into his arms, put his hand on them and blessed them. I don't know about you, but I do know of those who have not received the blessing through touch. They're standoffish. They don't want you touching them as an adult. They go to the extreme of isolating themselves. Or they go to the opposite extreme and fall into all kinds of sinful touching. Men and women, this is important. And it doesn't matter how old you are, we can practice blessing folk with this regardless of whether or not they are our own children, our own grandchildren. They can be friends. They can be family members. Some people just need a hug. There's a story of a college student who was in a Bible class. She wore her hair down that covered part of her face. She would not lift her head up to anyone. The Bible teacher, who was a new teacher, had enough sense to go over and says, when they, he was calling roll, he went over and says, hey, uh, make some eye contact with me, sweetheart. And uh, she lifted up her, her face and says, why is your, your hair covering your face? And she, she, she moved her hair to the side and there was this huge birthmark that covered her face. He says, come here, 
get up from your chair. And she comes up and, and, and he puts his hand on the side of her face to cup it. And says, she says, I just want you to know that, that I love you and God loves you too. Don't hide your beautiful face from the rest of us. She slumped over in tears. And as the students left and she had alone time with with the professor, she says, you're the first person that has cupped, not even my parents have touched my face. I felt ugly my whole life. You see, many of us can bless people just through appropriate, meaningful touch. Notice what happens in the next passage down uh, uh, there. It says, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant because he was a leper and and he was put uh, to the side. Leprosy, they would quarantine you. Of course they would not touch you. You were deemed unclean. He reached out his hand. And touch the man. Then he said, I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was clean. What I'd like you to see is Jesus touched him before he even said anything to him. Jesus touched him before he healed him. Jesus touched him before there was ministry. Jesus touched him and he knew the touch was his ministry. He blessed him. Through a touch. You go back to the text here. And the text in Genesis chapter 27 is. As Isaac is blessing Jacob. He says come near me. So that I can touch you. He says come near. I want to touch you. I want to hug you. I want to kiss you. To bless you. It is an expression of love. It is an expression of acceptance. It is an expression of faith. It is saying, you belong to me. And men and women, people are longing for that. Longing for it. Amen or oh me? Point number two. Not only appropriate, meaningful church, but a spoken or written message. A spoken or written message. So he went to him and kissed him. And and when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and he he said. Some people go as far as to say it's not a blessing unless it's communicated. It's not a blessing unless it's spoken or written. It is not given by osmosis. It is not given by speaking to folks from within. Oh, you know, you know me, you know, I love you. No, it is spoken or it is written. Now, look at this. Turn to the next slide and we'll, we'll look at some passages that deal with this. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the... Now, don't get it twisted, y'all. You cannot call things into existence. You can't kill people. You can't bring people back to life by speaking it. But it is a metaphor saying, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Discouragement or encouragement are in the power of your words. And your words they don't make people, but your words can influence people. Just like that, that, that parent that says, you ain't going to be nothing, your daddy wasn't nothing, and you will never be anything. No, you are not causing that, but you're definitely influencing it. And those that say, you can do this, 
You can do anything that you want to. God is with you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You, you are blessed. You, 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 listen, if you work hard enough, God, listen, you are not causing that to come into existence, but you can't influence it. You can't influence it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Notice when Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount, it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated with his disciples, he came to them, he opened his mouth and taught them. What is the first thing he teaches them? That if you don't feel blessed, you're blessed. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Jesus spoke to them, the multitude and the disciples who gathered, but it was written down for us. That blessing, or the pronouncement of blessing, was spoken. And men and women... Here are the things that cause us not to. One of the the excuses that people make is, well, I'll just wait. They're not going to understand it now. They're too young to understand it. I'll just wait. And then you wait and then you wait and then something happens and they're gone and you waited too long. Or I'll just wait till I till till, till I have a, a, a good time. No, you don't wait. That is a terrible excuse. And then the second excuse is likened to it. It is silence. Do you know that people interpret silence? Some of you spouses, if your spouse is sitting over there and, and not talking and not saying, you know, what's your first question? What's wrong with you? Listen, our children are asking, what's wrong with you? You go to their games, you go to their recitals, you go to their, their school, you go and, and you see their work, there's no word of encouragement. You know what that silence says to them? I didn't do good enough. I'm not even going to try anymore. Why why try? I have this guy on my basketball team that uh, uh, is a real good kid. And uh, he's also a musician. And uh, I went to the Black History Program and and, uh, he he can do it all. He can play the piano. he He can play the drums. He can sing. This particular night he was playing the piano behind one of the other students. He comes up and I said, hey, dude. He looked at me and said, how did I do, Pastor Mike? Did I do good? Now, I'm not his daddy. He was looking for me to give a blessing. I said, dude, I know about you. He said, what do you know about me? He said, I heard. I said, what do you know about me, Pastor Mike? What do you know? I said, I heard about you, dude. What do you know? You know, I tried to make it dramatic. He said, I heard you a triple threat. What do you mean? I said, you play the drums, you play the piano, and you sing? You know, some folk told me about you. Man, he grinning from ear to ear. You know, no, I'm not his daddy. I said, let me bless you. Let me bless you with my words. It didn't cost me anything. Men and women, 
We've got to bless folks with our words. Silence is deadly. Silence hurts. Silence uh, causes individuals to be discouraged. Silence is not our calling. It's just like the man that went to marital counseling with his wife and his wife's complaint was, uh, uh, Mr. Counselor, he never tells me he loves me. And she, he says to her, stop, wait a minute. I told you that I loved you on the day we got married. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know about it. <laughs> no, we got to open up our mouths. Amen. Amen. Point number three. Is this all right? Yeah, I'm trying to move for y'all. Attaching high value to the one being blessed. So, first is meaningful touch. A spoken or a written message. Number three, attaching high value to the one being blessed. Uh, Verse 27 through 29. So he went to him and kissed him. Uh, When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said... Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the smell of his clothes, and he attaches high value because of the illustration that he gives. You got me? He says, not only do you smell like a field, he's not saying you stink. You know, uh, my brother and me, when we used to play, we play all day long. You know, no computers, no, no TV. We play all day long. And we come home and my mother would say, y'all smell like you had a good time. <laughs> yeah. No, he's not saying that. You smell like a field. He's saying you smell like a field that the Lord has blessed. You have abundance. You have bare fruit. You say, you know, God's. You, you got high value. It's not just a field, but it's a field that's been blessed. Notice what he says in, in verse, uh, um, he says, uh, verse 28. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's, earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you. Only people with high value are served. Those in royalty. He says, uh, and peoples bow down to you and, the, and, and be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. Only people who receive folks bowing down to them are people of high value. And what he's saying is he's attaching these, these illustrations. Just turn to the next uh, slide. What he is doing is giving word pictures. And one of the ways that you can bless your children or those around you is to give word pictures. Dude, dude, you like a rock, man. You steady. Dude, you can't be moved. I like the conviction that you, 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 man, you like a rock. Dude, you like a lion. Roar. Folk don't mess with you. No, 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 no. Man, you like a strong tower. Man, you, 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 you're not only strong and fortified, but, but like when watchmen say, you could see, man, you are very discerning, you know. 
So what you do to bless an individual is to give word pictures and to begin explaining. If you just say, hey, you, 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 you were great. It's like what I tell you all the time, what my dad said when, when he found out that I wasn't going to switch and I was going to be a preacher, you know, and, and that was my road. And, 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 and I'd had a year or two under my belt and he'd never heard me preach, but he, but he wanted to bless me. So he says, man, you, shoo, you, you a good preacher, man. You Martin. You Martin Luther King. Uh, you, you, shoo, you, and Kim is Coretta. You Martin Luther King. You know, but, but what he was doing was blessing me and attaching high value to my occupation. You see what I'm saying? But many of us don't attach high value to people and we, we tear people down. You can do the same thing with word pictures. You gonna be just like your daddy. And there's a picture that that child has of his daddy never doing right, always doing wrong, hurting people, hurting mama, not providing, not being loving. Oh, am I going to be like that? Notice what happens in the scriptures. We don't have time to look at all of them. But but uh, as uh, uh, Israel is blessing all of his children in, in chapter 49, he says, Judah, Judah, he's saying this. He says, Judah is a lion's wealth. He lines down like a lion, you know, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He said Judah's like a lion. He says Naphtali is like a deer let loose. And uh, he goes on to say he has beautiful words. Man, you, you, knew, you, you go through that. And then at verse, 20, uh, verse 21, Joseph is like a fruitful bow, you know. And then in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus does the same thing. Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you, but my father that is in heaven. And I'm going to call you Peter. His name was Simon. I'm going to call you Peter because you're like a rock. And upon this rock, he's either talking about Peter or talking about his confession, depending on your faith tradition. But nonetheless, he says, upon this rock. I'm going to build my church. And guess who preached the first gospel message? Peace. Listen. Attach high value. If you were to read later on in chapter 49, I wish I put this verse up there, but it says that Israel blessed each one of his sons according to what was appropriate. He looked at the giftedness of each one of his sons. He looked at what the value of each one of his sons, uh, Robbie, and he says, I'm going to bless them and give them words that are appropriate to who they are. Robbie, you got this entrepreneurial spirit that's off the charts. Man, you Bill Gates. Man, shoot, shoot. Shoot, you got, man, you got that thing. There is nothing that you can't do. You keep exercising your gift. And you bless them according to who they are. Word pictures. But not only word pictures. Notice what, what, what he says, what, what God does for them and what God, what God will do for them. You see, he says, uh, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. That, that, that I am blessing you and attaching high value to you because God is going to bless you. He is the one that's going to bless you. I put down there Deuteronomy 33, 1 and 2 because that's the passage where Moses blesses the children of Israel and reminds them that God is the one that gave them the law. 
And him giving them the law sets them apart. And it's a demonstration of his love towards them. It's a beautiful passage. And then Psalm 103. All the things that the Lord does. You remember verse 1 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. And he lists all the benefits. Who heals our diseases. Redeems our life from the pit. Crowns us with loving kindness. Satisfies our mouths with good things. He, he executes justice and righteousness. He's slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. He hasn't dealt with us according to our sins. Or removed our trans. He's removed our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. We remember, we attach high value. That's how you bless them. Number four, picturing a special future for them. Notice what he says. May God give you heaven's due, verse 28, and the earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord of your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. He is talking about the future. He is talking about as you go throughout the rest of your life. May this happen. May God's blessing be upon you. Listen, we have got to give those that we bless a future. It is not just the here and now. If we talk about being blessed just right now, then, then, then we are not giving people hope because they know their condition. He is pronouncing blessing on Jacob right now, and Isaac is the one who has the abundance of riches. Jacob doesn't have it yet. But he's saying, you will. You will. You just keep on waiting. Had a discussion with one of the members yesterday about uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. How we, we quote, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and hope. And what we've got to do a better job of as preachers is given the whole context of the, of the passage when we quote it. Jeremiah chapter 29 is about the Israelites being in exile. About them not wanting to be in exile. And the Lord says, you are in exile. Get used to it. I want you to build houses. I want you to stay content. I want you to look for the welfare of the city. You're going to be in exile for 70 more years. But wait! I know the plans that I have for you. It may not get any better right now, but I know the plans I have for you. You may be in a, in a bad situation right now, but I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, and to give you a future and a hope. And when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. All of that is future tense. And men and women, we've got to give people a picture of the future. Turn to the next slide. Jesus does that for when people die. Jesus says this, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. There where I am, there you may be also. That is future tense. That is an assurance. He is blessing us. He's providing a place for us to live. And he says, I'm going to be there with you. That's good news. And men and women, we've got to picture the kind of future for those around us and give them vision. Give them vision. 
I like to say this to people who come in my office and are discouraged and defeated and downcast and they can't believe that it's going to get any better, Marvin. I say this. I say, well, I know you can't believe it now. Your faith isn't right there. But listen, I want you to trust in my faith because I believe in you. And I believe that God's going to provide a way of escape. I believe that God's going to provide for you. I believe that God is going to make it right. I believe that you're going to have what God wants you to have. Just if you can't believe it right now, just trust in my faith. I believe. Somebody believes in you. And it is going to get better. Last, number five. Number five is this. All of this is, is, is really, really good. But number five is really the foundation. Number five is where we ought to camp. Yes, we can hug them all we want. We can put hands on them and kiss them all the cheek all you want. You could tell them that you love them all you want. All you want. You can, you can, uh, uh, what was number three? You can put high value on them all you want. What was number four? You could talk about their future all you want. However, if you don't have an active, genuine commitment to fulfill the blessing, I'm with you. I will be with you. I will. You can count on me. I'm your greatest supporter. I like to put in, in cards. I used to do this a lot. I don't do it as much anymore because, you know, you do everything online and no more written cards. But uh, I tell people that I am chairman of your fan club. Isn't that, isn't that good? Somebody did it for me, and I picked up on it. Listen, I think you're the greatest. I'm chairman of your fan club, and you can always count on me. Men and women, that, that is so important. Some of us have, have parents who, we, 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 our life has gone like this, but the one constant is their love and their acceptance and their concern for us. It may not have been a parent. It may have been another family member. It may have been a grandmama or a granddaddy. It may have, may have been a brother. It may have been somebody, but many of us have that person who is their rock. And if you want to bless somebody, you be a rock for them. This genuine active commitment. Notice what, what he says. Isaac trembled violently and said, who was it then? Who, 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 who was it that I blessed? You see, Esau has come and, he, and he's upset about but missing out on the blessing. And he says he, it, 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 that, that hunted game and brought it to me. Who was it? I ate it just before you came. And he says, I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. I can't take it back. Can't take it back. It's not going back. Listen. Some of us have blessed folk and then they, we, they made us mad and we took it back. You can't be an Indian and give a blessing. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> hey, you, you done done too much sin for that. I bring that back. Verse 37, Isaac answered Esau, I have made him, and he's talking about Jacob, I've made him Lord over you and I've made all his relatives, his servants, and I've sustained him with grain and new wine. What can I possibly do for you, my son? I've given him the blessing. It's irrevocable. I'm committed to it. It is genuine. It's active. He received the blessing. It doesn't matter if he tricked you out of it. I'm committed to him. I've spoken the words. I can't take them back. 
I'm committed to you. Don't you want somebody to love you like that? Well, somebody does. Next slide. I want you to look at the Great Commission differently. Notice what the Great Commission says. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, oh, oh, I want you to remember one thing. I want you to remember this. Don't you forget it. Don't don't make it be an afterthought. Lo, I am with you. I ain't leaving you. You get so sinful and get out there and do, you know, you, 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 you eat with the Gentiles and then when, when, when the other folk come, you don't eat with them no more. I'm still with you. You get out there and, 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 and you get so discouraged you want to give up, I'm still with you. If you, you find yourself in, in, in so much trouble that you can't get out of it, I'm still with you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. See, our mandate is to be like Christ to other people as we bless them and say, hey, I'm with you. I don't care if you hurt my feelings, I'm with you. I don't care if you discourage me. I don't care if you upset with me. I don't care if you mad. I love people like this. I don't care if you mad. I ain't leaving. Do you have anybody like that in your life? The last number of years, I have had to do that in other people's lives. I ain't going to let the way you feel about me keep me from loving you. Listen, I had to tell this young man who wanted to quit. I said, dude, don't quit. He says, but yeah, you, 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 you hard on me. I said, well, I want you to stay, but let me tell you one thing. I'm going to be hard on you again because I want the best for you. I ain't leaving. My mother illustrated that for me with meaningful touch. When we hugged, she was never the first one to let go. It was an illustration of her commitment to me. I ain't letting go. I remember disappointing her in high school so bad. It was the first time I had seen my mother just so broken by something I had done that she didn't even have words. She said, I can't even say. Walked away with tears. I can't, I can't even say. But she didn't give up on me. Notice what else is said. Paul is telling the Romans, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through him who loved us, through him who didn't give up on us, through him who was committed to us, through him who would not give up on us, who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's blessing somebody. Nothing can separate me from loving you. Nothing. I am with you. This blessing is going to happen. I am for you. I am chairman of your fan club. And if there is anybody on this earth that you wonder whether or not they love you, you ain't got to wonder no more. I do. I do. I'm not in a position to read it because I don't want to get all emotional. But uh, y'all have seen me change my office a couple of times. 
I do that because I want to practice change. Got this on because I want to practice change. <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey, hey! So, so when I was cleaning up my office, instead of just moving, I just cleaned everything out. There's a lot that's, that I, that's in the dumpster. It's gone. But I luckily opened up a book that used to be a journal. And in it was an envelope. I should have had it up, up, up there. I said, well, I'll get too emotional if I do. It's a letter dated uh, for 1987. I said, 1987, and it had my home address in California on it. It is the first and the only letter that my dad has ever written me. It said something like this. Hey, Took, that was a nickname. My, uh, uh, your mama's on the phone talking to y'all. So since she won't let me talk, I I decided I'd write, surprise, surprise. And he goes through, it's about a handwritten letter, about two pages. And all he does is bless me. He talked about Kim, blessed her as well. He said, you know, Kim is the the daughter that we never had physically. I mean, it's just such a sweet blessing. And then you all know some of my daddy's struggles. He even addressed those. He said, I know you're worried about me, but we're going to be all right. Just keep praying for us. You know, your mama in there, uh, she's got her Bible next to her. She said, she's been going to Bible study, studying all these, trying to teach me the Bible. (laughs) You know, but it's just this wonderful letter of blessing. Y'all, I pray that you have somebody in your life. That, that, that tangibly blesses you. That, that if you don't, read through the Scriptures about how the Lord blesses you. And then next, next time we're together in two weeks, we're going to talk about a challenge. A challenge for you to bless somebody else. Because the blessing can either be classical or it can be jazz. And we're going to talk about classical blessings. We're going to talk about jazz blessings. Y'all like jazz? You know, there, there is something about uh, not being locked in to how you do it. But the issue becomes, will the person remember it? Was the person moved by it? And listen, the most tangible expression of love that we could ever ask for is the cross. An expression of commitment, an expression of high value, an expression as he gives words from the cross. An expression. And it should touch us. We've been blessed to be a blessing. Let's pray.